0: In well with what I felt God had laid on my heart to talk about. Uh, and I wanted to to look, and Chris touched on it a little bit, but uh, is there something? Oh, yeah. uh, with 2020, this is the last Sunday. Uh, why the church here would ask me to preach on the last Sunday going into 2021, I don't know, but they did. Um, but a year ago, it was 2019, we were a couple days away from 2020. And it, that was just too good for pastors, and business leaders to have something like 2020 vision and a 2020 year. And so everyone was, was focused on phrases like, going into 2020, we are going to really use that phrase, 2020 vision, and really build off of that. Or phrases like, new decade, new you. Uh, everyone was going to just tear into this new decade. Uh, we're going we're gonna to dominate this year, this decade, with fresh vision and goals. Then COVID hit. And as I reflect back on it, we have no idea what will come out of 2020. Uh, but some of the things that we did see is we realized how little control we have over our lives. Even in something as simple as business, even if your business was busier than ever, you realized how susceptible you are to supply chains that you never gave a second thought. They always just worked. Um, but on a, on, a, on a bigger scale i think we realized how how fragile our world is um and how easily our world our community and our churches can fall into camps where walls get built and lines get drawn in the sand you either have to be all in over here or you're all in over here and in that space things get things get said to other people that shouldn't be said um We don't extend grace to people that don't see the world the way we do. Um, Harshness comes out. uh, Judgmental attitudes come out. And, yeah, we just begin to realize how easily that can happen. And we also, uh, I think, realize how easy it is to become isolated from one another. It's easy when everything is just going on as normal uh, to just how we've come to to where we don't question things because they don't, it's just working. And then all of a sudden something happens and we realize how easily we can become isolated, separated into camps. Um, And we, yeah, we realize how little control we have over our lives. And so maybe out of 2020, as we reflect back, we can see that we truly don't control anything and that God is our constant. Uh, And coming off the Advent uh, season, that is only in his Son that we can find uh, hope, peace, love, and joy. And so that's, this. I guess the idea for the sermon sort of came from last Sunday singing Silent Night, which is something we do like literally every every Christmas. But we sang the phrase Silent Night, Holy Night, All is calm, all is bright. Then you jump a couple lines, Christ the Savior is born. Um, And when this, this idea, this nostalgic idea we have of Christ being born on a calm, calm night uh, with angels around. Now, but, but when you reflect back on when Christ was born, it was anything but calm. It was anything but a calm world. It was a world bent on power and violence. If you t- even just taking two factors, uh, there had never been a force greater than the Roman Empire. And Jesus is born into an era of the Roman Empire that was built on absolute dominance, uh, power, violence, dominance, and expanding their kingdom. And in a more regional scale, he was born in an area controlled by King Herod, who was determined to keep his tyrannical rule at all costs, whatever it took, whether that was killing baby boys or whatever it took. That that is the world of of violence, uh, brokenness, and chaos that our Savior came in. And so as we look at 2020 and we see a lot of brokenness, a lot of chaos, a lot of camps and lines being drawn, it was, just, it was good for me to think like, our Savior was born in a much more chaotic world, a, a world that was bent on, on violence and destruction. Uh, Matthew 1, verse 23 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. God with, Emmanuel, God with us. Eugene Peterson says the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. On that night, Jesus moved into our neighborhoods. And that's the title of my sermon is uh, Jesus Came, uh, the Lord, the Lord has come. If you have your Bibles, phone apps, turn to Luke 4. We're going to look at uh, 4 verses 14 to 21. And as you're turning to that Jesus came not to wield power, but to serve. Not to build wealth, but to give all. Uh, Not to preserve his life, but to lay it down. So let's read verses uh, 14 through 21, and then just dive in. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all of the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus came. Uh, At the beginning of this chapter, we see Jesus uh, being tempted by the devil uh, out in the wilderness. And he comes out of that and verse 14 says that Jesus returns in the power of the Spirit. Jesus came back from his testing stronger than ever. One commentary that I read is that, through the grace of God, when we resist and overcome temptation, we are always better by it. One of the wonders of God's grace is that the things designed to bring us ruin, God makes instruments of our greatest good. Thus, Satan is duped by his own proceedings and caught in his own craft. And so just setting up, I really want to put the focus on what we're going to look at is his Jesus' reading of the scroll in Isaiah. But just setting that up in verses 14 to 16, we see Jesus uh, returning in the power of the Spirit, and he comes to teach in their synagogues. And then in verse 16 and 17, we, at this point in Jesus' ministry, he is being glorified by all. He has, he has faced no opposition yet, and then he enters his hometown. Uh, and, he, and he goes to preach in their, in their synagogue where they would have known him, where they would have... Um, known his family. There's a good chance he would have have done work for some as a carpenter or a builder. But the idea is they knew him. They knew or they thought they knew who he was and they they judged him accordingly. And in his own hometown, in his synagogue in Nazareth, it says he opened a scroll and read Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 2, which we just read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. Jesus here is declaring that he is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. And he says that he has come to proclaim good news to the poor. Now, Jesus here isn't just addressing poverty in a socioeconomic sense, but he is addressing it uh, in a spiritual sense. I think it's easy for, for us to see Christ coming and know that he, he came for the poor. The marginalized those those on the outside um but but yet we we do everything we can to for some reason to not see ourselves as poor to to see ourselves as having having it together Uh, but jesus is saying that he came for the poor uh in a spiritual sense uh it's often the poor who respond to god's message and embrace it with humility They tend to sense their need uh, and have no delusion of power, control, or uh, independence. And as we look at at poverty and seeing ourselves as being poor, uh, sin, sin impoverishes us. And the Messiah brings good news to the poor. So that's the first thing that Jesus has proclaimed, that he brings good news to the poor for each one of us. uh, Now, I'm going to switch to the King James Version. You know, that's the holier version anyway. But uh, instead of using captive, the King James Version uses uh, brokenhearted. And I had a quote that I wanted to use that had brokenhearted, so I switched to the King James so I could incorporate it, and it would make sense. So just so you know, if you're in the ESV or one of those, you're not going to be. But if you are in the King James, you're good to go. But he came to heal the brokenhearted. Uh, There was a British preacher that said... um, there is a broken heart in every pew. And when I came across that quote, I was like, that is so, so true. There's a broken heart in every pew here, across our country, across the world. There's a broken heart behind every pulpit today. There's a broken heart on every street corner. Um, and we spend so much time of our lives uh, trying to protect the image of, of having it having it together. We spend so much time trying to Yeah, project how how people will see us, that we forget both the brokenness of of who we are and where we came from, but we also forget when we are always defending, projecting who we are, we forget that in every pew there's a broken heart and God is asking us to reach out. God isn't asking us to fix someone. He isn't asking us to, to be the hero of the story that comes in and says the right thing and and just rescues the people, that's, the, the person that, that's broken. He's simply asking us to recognize that in every pew there's a broken heart and to be there for that person uh, in a sense like, like family is. a family. In a healthy family, you're not accepted because of what you're accomplishing or what you're producing. You're accepted because you're family. And so, and, and so as we look at what we as followers of Christ are called to do, we are called to recognize that in every pew there's a broken heart. Behind every pulpit there's a broken heart. And to simply be there uh, because there's a very good chance, actually there's more than a good chance, there's a guarantee that if, if, if your life is together right now, there's a, it, in the future, if, if, you, if you can be there for someone today, you, that person will be there for you tomorrow, because at the, even if you have it together right now, you're barely hanging on. 2020 has shown us that. You're barely hanging on, and in the future, might be tomorrow, might be a couple years, uh, I'm going to need you, like you might need me today. So in the, uh, there's a broken heart in every pew, and that's who Jesus, that's who Jesus, our Savior, came to rescue. Uh, the other couple verses here, it says, he. now I'm going to move back to the ESV and I'm going to use captives instead of broken heart, just so I can have another one in there. But anyway, he, uh, he came to, let me find my notes here, to bring, uh, proclaim liberty to the captives, give sight to the blind, and free those who are oppressed. The opposition in view here is mainly spiritual. We had a, Marcus had a really good sermon a couple weeks ago on the love of Christ, and he he reflected, on, he used Revelations 12. And as we see, instead of seeing from a, from a physical, earthly perspective a baby being born, we looked at the love it took from a father and a son to come in a, and the spiritual battle it took, the, 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 this great cosmic battle that Revelations brings out for Christ to come uh, because of the father and the son's love. Uh, and in the same way as we look at being captive and oppressed and blind in a spiritual sense, there's this great battle being, being waged by, uh, by forces that we don't see that are looking to pull us down to, to bring sin, pain, despair into our lives. And, and Jesus is saying that sin enslaves and holds us captive, but the Messiah comes to set us free. Sin blinds us, but the Messiah comes to heal our spiritual and moral blindness. Sin oppresses us, it oppresses its victims, and the Messiah comes to bring freedom to the oppressed. Moving back to just our, our image, we do so much to protect who we are, how we're seen, uh, but I think when we when we read these two verses, there's something that in our heart or spirit whatever, that jumps out that that longs that longs for that of true uh, of seeing i think we can really begin to see who we are we know who we are we know our brokenness we know our poverty at at our core uh, our blindness and when we see this of why christ came what he's saying the purpose of his ministry there's something in our spirit that jumps out that truly longs to be free and then the end he says he became to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is coming off, the, uh, the phys- in the physical sense, the Old Testament concept of the year of Jubilee. So in a physical world, it's the year that the Jews were, slaves were set free, debts were canceled, and things uh, were set to a new start. And Jesus is saying on a much, much deeper spiritual sense, this is why he's coming, uh, to, set us free, to set us free as slaves, to cancel our debts, and all things will be set new. The long, honestly, this is the longing of every person. And if you reflect at the woman on the well, in every sense, she was marginalized, a social outcast. Um, it was a, a world of patriarchy where if you weren't, as a woman, if you weren't married to a man or if you weren't widowed, you really had no place. You weren't an acceptable uh, had no acceptable place in society and and Jesus as he connects with her and he moves past the physical he moves into something much deeper where he starts to speak about living water uh, he reaches right into her who she is her 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 heart her her longing and he says if you take you'll be no matter where you come from, you'll be set free forever and those that those spiritual debts, those, all those bad choices that she's made throughout her whole life will be canceled and she'll be given a new start. He's saying that she, won't, she will no longer be judged by her past but a, new, a, a, a complete new start. And I think when each one of us, when I see myself as this person, whether the woman at the well or the person that Jesus is describing here in Isaiah uh, as, as, as broken, as being, uh, as being held captive, brokenhearted, blind, and oppressed, when I truly see myself as that person and what Christ has come to bring, uh, then I can rejoice in the year of the Lord, of having been set free, debts canceled, and a new start and an identity in Christ, uh, which brings us to our advent of hope, peace, joy, Love. And now, uh, yeah, as, I was, as reflecting on the purpose of why Christ came, of why, uh, when when that really grabs me, I think Christianity, following Christ, now becomes something much deeper. Sure, I grew up in it becomes much deeper than a set of beliefs, a, on a. Uh, whether it's legalism or even just a teaching, a set of beliefs, which we we do need that foundation. But we can get trapped there. When we truly see our brokenness and why Christ came, Christianity, following Christ, becomes a way of life. It touches our heart. It touches everything about who we are, how we interact, how we engage, because we see ourselves for who we truly were and who we are now, and it becomes a way of life. And a way of life as I look at who, people that affected my life, sh- helped shape the course of who I am today. And I, and I look at the things, when, at, at, at those people, they were flawed, they, were, they failed, but, but following Christ was a way of life. And another thing that I've learned is some people that have affected my, really shaped the course of who I am today, I may have had an interaction with them for a very sh- like there are some people like a very short time like it, it does when, when you get in contact with someone that has truly met Christ and lives in a way uh, a way of, as a way of life versus a set of rules or something that they grew up in a set of beliefs it impacts you and and I think it's really important for for myself for each one of us today to cons- to, to consider this of, not about saying the right things it's not about looking right it is about allowing Christ to affect who we are as a way of life and that attracts that attracts the the hardest of hearts it attracts everyone because it brings advent it brings peace hope joy love so I wanted to close with back to my title Jesus came he came to be with us he came to redeem he came to free us so today that was that was a choice sorry that was a choice that Christ made he chose to come and today he's asking us that today's we can choose to be an ambassador of the kingdom of God we can choose to be ministers of reconciliation to be ministers of the hope the peace love and joy found in Christ but that ministry needs to start inside of us it starts in our heart our minds and as we open to receive the instruction and the transformation power of christ but it has to start inside of us and then i want to just finish with a line from another christmas song i told my kids which they're not here today that uh i'm gonna be using a couple christmas songs and i'm gonna be singing them and they just they got you should have seen the look on their face they they like, they were they were, right, they were embarrassed right there they were they were shot and they thought their family name would be ruined forever but anyway Uh, He rules the earth with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness. In conclusion, 2020, we aren't in control. We have no idea what tomorrow or 2020 will bring, but we can rest in knowing that Jesus is on the throne and his reign will be unending. His reign will, moving back to Advent, his reign will bring hope, peace, love, and joy to the poor, the brokenhearted, the blind, and the oppressed, each one of us. And that's what we have to look forward to going into 2021. Um, recognizing we don't know we, how little we can control, but we can rest in knowing uh, in verses 18 through 19, Jesus saying, this is, this is my ministry. This is who I'm, I came for. I came for each one of you. So thank you for your time, attention. Hope you guys have a really good new year. Hope Set your goals high and then go tear into them in 2021. Um, if the worship team wants to come up, you guys can stand. I'll close with prayer, and then they'll have one more song. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that you chose to come, that you uh, chose to come and be with us, that you chose to come and, and redeem us, God. God, this morning I pray that you would help us to, to see ourselves for who we are apart from mm-hmm. you, as being poor, brokenhearted, hearted uh, oppressed, but in but in you we can we can find that hope, that peace, love and joy. God may our walk with you become a way of life that attracts um, and, and pulls people into into who you are. As we may we become ministers of your love and reconciliation. I ask this in your name. Amen.